The Sheila Zielinski Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now, here is your host, Sheila Zielinski. Hey, everyone, and welcome to The Sheila Zielinski Show for this November 16th, 2016 edition. I broadcast weekdays, that's Monday through Friday, on WINB at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's the daily show. And for more ways to listen to the program, you can go to weekendvigilante.com and go to the listen page. And there's many more ways to listen, including the customized app, which we're getting great feedback on those apps. That was one of the things that my survey in 2014, how do you want to listen to the program? Well, there was a landslide People wanted the app. So we have that available for Android, smart devices, and the podcast, of course, that you can download. You don't even need Wi-Fi to play it. You just download it, and you can play it on your phone anytime. For those of you on the go, you can take it walking, jogging, biking. I had a guy tell me, I listen to your show when I go hunting. I thought, hmm. Hey, listen, if you have not heard Monday's show with Carla Butod, That is a show worth listening to, let me tell you. And as far as new intros go, well, you just heard me use my normal intro. I'm working on getting together another intro. It's nice to change them up once in a while. I played a copy of a new idea for an intro, but I could not cut the song down to size for my required intro time length for WINB, WWCR. They have a sort of a limit on what they like for intro time. And it has to be under, officially it has to be under two minutes. And I didn't want to butcher and chop that song. This is a song sung by Johnny Bargo, Johnny B Music, awesome new Christian rapper. He's an up-and-comer. I'll have a copy of his full edition song available on my website. So if you haven't heard it, I'm going to be playing that at the end of the show. Very catchy tune. So... Shout out to you, Johnny B. Excellent song. Hey, I have a fantastic guest, and I want to jump right into the show. I haven't had him on in a while, so it's really good to have him back on the program. He really needs no introduction. He is the author of The Black Awakening, The Rise of the Satanic Super Soldier. It is Russ Dizdar from ShatterTheDarkness.net. Hey, Russ, welcome to the program it's been a while since you were on. Welcome back to the program. It's an honor. It has been a while. Thank you, Sheila. It's just uh, great to be here and uh, great subject that needs to be discussed. Well, I'll tell you what. There is a cornucopia of stuff happening here. The subtrope of the end times really rests is that, well, the legions of hell will invade our world as the sands of the hourglass slip away here. There is an absolute, what's the word, annexation of demons, Russ. And as you and I know, they're getting more brazen, more bold, yet these comfortable Christians are being lulled to sleep by the soothing sounds of Pied Piper Pastor. It is frightening what's going on right now, isn't it? It really is. And we did this for years. We, for, you know, I think since we've been on the radio, um, we've done it locally for you know a couple of decades. But in the last eight years, I have screamed literally on the, the, the Ragged Edge show just saying, you know, biblically speaking, we should have known this. We should have known this. We have been given the greatest intel, the greatest advance information. We've been given preemptive insight by God himself in prophecy. The rise of the demonic side, the rise of the supernatural demonic side, the rise of uh, experiences, events, rituals, you know, we're, we're told that it will be unprecedented in the end of you know the end of the age, we we don't have an end of the age without this. Uh, that's the cause of the end of the age. So there will be more demons um, seeking interface with more individuals to the point we go to Revelation twelve. The entire agenda of the where we have there the when it reveals the dragon Satan's like his full manifesting presence is the entire globe. So if we understand scripture, the scripture de- declares that uh, seven billion people are uh, the targets of the dark side, and that more demons coordinated by design. This is supra-human, supra-natural presence and powers. They're going to be here, and they've been. It's it's been the frog in the kettle approach, maybe the. 50s, 60s, 70s, but it is demonstrative now, and um, everything Scripture says 
tells us that it's going to be just off the charts in the next couple of years, depending on how much time we have. And everything I see on the on the on, you know we're out late last night, and we're going to be out now tonight because of the moon issue. Everything we've done in in dealing with ritual workers and uh, the underground for over thirty years. Everything we see on the ground is just uh, quadrupled, and 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 then it's it's just growing. Uh, there's more priests, more magasins, more wizards, more practitioners, more that know how to conjure spirits. So there's just uh, tons of more doors, and this is part of the design of the dark side. And God has given us a heads up. And the, the sad thing is, we have not we've not prepared ourselves by prophecy. Which, which again, as you mentioned, uh, leaves um, hundreds of millions, I think, of believers worldwide and millions, tens of millions here, uh, completely clueless. And they're wondering what's going on. We should be the ones telling the world, hey, this is what's going on and this is the reasons why. But uh, there, there is a lot of um, just you know, blindness and ignorance and weakness. You mentioned wizards and practitioners. Wiccan and wizardry is the fastest growing religion on the planet, and it's not bad enough that Harry Potter is teaching our children how to conjure up spells, and Doctor Strange in a theater is conjuring up the occult. But, you know, it's recently I did a show on Pokemon, and I got into the bowels of that, and it seems so very benevolent. Oh, nice little pocket monsters. Well, Wizards of the Coast is the maker of Pokemon. They do Magic the Gathering. Oh, the Gathering, by the way, is another ecumenical movement. Hmm. But the point is, it's like cradle to grave. Get them while they're young, Russ. You know, Hitler said, give me the give me the child, I'll give you the man. This is frightening, the acquiescence. And I even saw a toy, a crib toy for an infant, Russ, that was so demonic. And I thought, wow, if you don't butcher them in the womb, you're going to acclimate them to the occult as an infant. I mean, this is just getting bizarre. Exactly. My wife's reading a book right now. She's going to probably do a thing on it, speak on it. Uh, what's gone wrong with the play? I think it's called what's gone wrong or who's been, who's been, uh, you know, watching the playpen, meaning the new levels of, you know, of stuff that would be Wiccan stuff that would be, you know, occult oriented. I mean, if you, if you think in terms of pagans and Wiccans and others, I mean, we've engaged them. They have, you know, they have festivals and parties and the yeah. kids are there and there's food and everything else, but it's all mixed in. Uh, and, and the same with Satan. So again, this is multi-tiered. Satan doesn't have all his dark eggs in one basket. Uh, so, and you got to understand the dark side. The nature of the dark side is uh, just um, volatile. There is, it's just bloodthirsty. If if we do not understand the nature, I mean, we know the origins. We know uh, maybe even some methods of Satan and demons. Uh, but two things I think we lack truly is the nature, how bloodthirsty, how absolutely frenzic. And uh, radical, uh, I mean, just bloodthirsty calculating. And then the agenda. You know, I've got a thousand, uh, you know, systematic theology books downstairs in my other library. And I um, love that study. But I'm saying that whole, uh, on, on across the board, you can have eschatology, ecclesiology, you can have uh, Christology and, and so forth. Um, but this massive lack of the biblical revelation now, there's some pieces of, again, Satan's origin, Satan's uh, uh, maybe even the as aspect of nature. He's a liar. He's a tempter. But but uh, the agenda, Sheila, the agenda. Um, the Scripture gives more to us in biblical prophecy concerning the satanic demonic agenda than we have um, given been given on the rapture, the the millennium, and the and the great white throne all put together. We have massive content. God giving us ripping open Hell's Kitchen, saying, "Hey, this is what they're going to do. This is how it's going to progress." And I've called it years ago a sequence of satanic evolution. And then as it rises and rises and rises and layers the world and layers the world and draws more and preps the world, it's prepping the world for when the restrainers removed because then truly all hell breaks loose uh, the issues of uh, revelation 6 the white horse the red horse the black horse the pale green horse you're talking about now uh, unrestrained flood of the dark side but it has to um, build its it's almost like a six seven eight long decade um, ritual preparation right for the final that's coming it really is 
Well, and it's frightening. You know, we're seeing now front page headlines. We both individually talked about the spirit cooking dinner by Marina Abramovic. I mean, this stuff is right straight out of the pit of hell. I mean, this Thelema, some people pronounce it different. The whole sacrament and the religion of, as they say, Thelema. I actually looked that up and apparently... Madame Blavatsky, Alice Bailey, of course, we know her. She wrote the 24 volumes of the occult channeled by her ascended master. Yeah, we know what that is. It's the same cast of characters. And of course, now Hillary had a email. This has now come out in WikiLeaks that in her camp, they did a sacrificing a chicken to Moloch. I mean, you've got Aleister Crowley type occult involvement here. And this is front page news, Russ. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. And, and Crowley, you know, you know, Crowley's dead, gone, but he has more people following the teachings than he's ever probably dreamed of. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the sad thing is Crowley dies diseased, po- in poverty. You know, it's like Satan uses you like Judas. He enters Judas. He uses Judas to, to betray Christ. And where's Judas end up? Well, he ends up being hanged. He's hanging himself in a tree, which uh, either he's cut down or he, because of the swelling after a few days, he he, he falls to the ground, and and we read in the book book of Acts that it's called the field of Akaldama. His intestines spilled out everywhere. This is a gruesome picture, but it's also what I've said to Satanists for years: that yes, there's powers, there's things Satan will give you. He promised Jesus things in Matthew four. Uh, there's all kinds of things, but you never get from that side without being hooked and blinded and and dirtied and uh, and drawn in and and. and the, because in many times possession is is incremental uh, instead of just zap, and and so when we look at Crowley on a global scale, you got millions upon millions upon millions of followers. You had the Masons, you had the Rosicrucians, the ancient mystery religions. You go then to uh, Santeria Palamon, be the saint of death, Abakwa, Voodoo, Hoodoo. You go to all of that. Then you can go to the mystery. Um, well, you can go, you even the article I read today. I put it on my Facebook. Uh, Iceland and others are turning to the Norse gods yeah. because many in Sweden and Finland and the Netherlands, you know, there were there was just dead Lutheranism and or nothing and dead. Uh, and so so many grew up with nothing. So a lot of the um, Scandinavians became New Agers, but now they're turning back to the Norse gods. They're calling on Odin. They're calling on the ancient ones that were connected to Nephilim. So. The rise. In the end, I, I say it this way Satan will pull out everything. He'll go to the old gods, um, the Molochs, the Baals, the Nebos, and all the old stuff, all the Nephilim sites worldwide. They're, we've got to understand this. They're pulling out everything from their, uh, their dark bag. And so across the board, the children are not safe. The kids in school are not safe. The globe is packed with probably a billion New Agers. They're all prepped. They're all prepped, like the writings you just mentioned, Alice Bailey. So um, we've got to get a grip. We've got to understand how really late it is and that a couple of things. There's no end of the world, no end of days without the unprecedented rise of, of deception. Now, Jesus said that in Matthew 24, the first thing, above everything concerning the end. Don't let anybody deceive you. Well, that can only happen by real presence. And here's what I'm concerned. As a pastor, as someone who's been out there 40 years on, on the field, and this and this involves you know being connected to a lot of churches and preaching everywhere and going everywhere, Sheila, I think that— um, I think that at least here in the United States, maybe also in, in Europe, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that Christianity, I mean, evangelicals, even even when it comes to charismatic Pentecostals, which I've been among those three groups for, for years and years, I'm not sure they really believe what the scriptures actually say yeah. about the person, de- nature, and, and the end time when it comes to how many how many are going to be here, how demonstrative it's going to be. It doesn't negate our authority, our walk in Jesus. It doesn't negate Psalm 91, the victories we have. It doesn't negate anything that we have. Everything we have will be superior all the way to the end. But if we don't analyze, if we don't understand uh, what's on the field— well, one, I think it leaves, it leaves a lot of believers as just uh, spectators and tens of millions of believers don't know how to win a soul to Christ, don't understand discerning or authority or armor, and that just that just lends to a very um, weak, uh, anemic believer and a caricature of what the church was designed to be, this massive powerhouse, this massive uh, assault on the dark 
a kingdom here in in reaching uh, the billions for Christ in power and constantly, you know, in advance, advancing, advancing. That's the book of Acts, advancing, advancing, advancing. So um, we see today, you know, I've seen over 30 years on the field again, just I'm just going to say three decades. As I've seen the rise of the dark side and the practitioners and the mass numbers of possessions and demonization and so forth. Um, I've also seen the suppression. Churches average uh, between 13 and 18 seconds of prayer on a Sunday morning in their services, which are usually, you know, thank the Lord for the opening of the service, thank the Lord for the you know offering time in the middle, uh, thank you, bless everybody as they leave today. There is, Sheila, no massive power-filled intercession, let alone using a warfare prayer in that context. And it's just in the church, in that sense, not taught means you're not practitioners walking in the presence and power. It's, it's a sad condition. I mean, just to find an altar call nowadays, good luck with that for healing and deliverance. I mean, you got to go to a Russ Star conference to get that. <laughs> but, you know, I was thinking over, actually, it was funny, Russ, I thought of you over the weekend, the Black Awakening, Rise of the Satanic Super Soldier. Folks, if you're new and you have not got that book, it's linked there today. Listen, I was stunned when I went to, of course, you know, my I have three boys, I've read comics. I'll tell you what, I got a little dose of reality here when I watched Doctor Strange. It's not bad enough. It's Captain America and Hydra and the eugenics and the Lebensform of you've talked to and all the genetic biology splicing that goes into every one of the theme of these comics that have doused our children for generations. Well, I mean, since the really post-World War II comic were a frenzy. But then you have Enter, and I find it interesting timing. They brought this guy back. Dr. Strange, if you want to talk about Strange is right, we're talking about the magic arts, the occult, the sorcery, the wizardry. I mean, Russ, it was hard for me to stomach sitting through mm. this movie. I thought of, you know, the Huxley. And, and get this, this was ironic. So here in one scene, Stanley, they always have a little ca- uh, cameo. Stan Lee is reading a book of Aldous Huxley, Deeper Perception, when Huxley went on a mescaline trip in the 50s. I mean, surely he got his inspiration. Stan Lee was, is, is not getting his ideas from Stan Lee's brain. He was piped straight into the Hollywood occult crowd. So it's just really interesting how the big screen is giving you this mishmash of Brave New World cloning meets Lebensborn. It's very frightening. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, um, and I think that it's important because I, I mean, I, I went to see the, the movie this last week by myself um, because I what I do like, I you know, Francis Schaefer taught us a presuppositional analysis. Yeah. And in other words, go to a go to a movie or read a book or read the newspaper or read a magazine or see something on the Web. Analyze the presuppositions. What do they believe? So when you go to there, you see this massive teaching. I mean, if you didn't know anything of the occult, you might miss some of it. And just think it's a fantastic uh, theatrics and all the rest of that. But no, you're dealing with uh, deep, deep occultism. When I was into Buddhism before I got saved, nobody realizes how deep they were into the occult world to the other side, to astral projection, to spirits and powers, and and uh, all that again being distorted. Where Satan, the, the biblical word metaskidzmazatai, the masquerade, he's able to morph. They're able to morph their presence and presentation without changing who they are and what they want. So when you see that movie, you see this massive, massive um, uh, positive unleashing of, uh, well, it's, uh, it's like Harry Potter, uh, very much like this in the sense that's dumbed down for kids, where this is going to be more for a little bit more for older folks. And it's the same principle. Yeah. Notice, notice there is no God in the whole of it. There's no God in the whole of it. There's just powers. There's just fighting light and dark, but you're getting and you're using some of the oldest means of occultism, charged writings, potions and and blood and and the total altering of everything. And that's the world of the, the second heavens. That's the world of the demons. They're able to alter perception and alter everything. That's what the drugs that are taken, ayahuasca and all the rest, to bring the demons. They can bring a completely altered insight. They did to the remote viewers uh, who've got, been out in their realm, uh, thinking that they're just in the ether, but they are in—they're in that realm. And in that realm, um, you've got their sheer abilities and powers to just literally present anything they need to. And we're seeing that then um, embedded 
in those who make the movies, who, who write books, who uh, do lyrics in songs. Uh, you can begin to see the spirits are speaking and um, giving visuals because they've imprinted it on the minds and hearts of those they are influencing, attaching to, mounting, and possessing. Well, and it's always under the seemingly benevolent guide of, oh, it's just comic, it's fantasy. But then you just mentioned earlier the Norse gods coming back. You know, you've got your Thor, your Odin, your Loki. I mean, that again is woven into the Avengers themes. And there's now another group called the Defenders with Doctor Strange. Now, interestingly, I pulled a comic open last night. One of my oldest boys had a Doctor Strange comic. I'd never actually heard of this guy ever until I went to the movie. Then I started studying it. I was, I was stunned. And he talked about when he went in the library observatory, he said, I'd like the book of King Solomon, Russ. I mean, they're mm-hmm. interweaving. You know, we know Solomon was kind of the progenitor right. of the Kabbalah, really. So right. when he grabbed all these pagan, disgusting, satanic books, you've got Horus and, you know, Isis and Ashtar. In fact, in on this comic screen, I'm looking at it, It's 1963, and this is a little, the bubble ahead, Dr. Strange says, I need to tap into the powers of Ashtar. I thought, really, you know, you've got, I mean, think about that for a sec. All these Egyptian, you've really got brave new world replacement gods here, haven't you? Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. And and again, that's. That's kind of like you, you're very familiar with Alice Bailey in, in her book, The Externalization of the Hierarchy, yeah. in which in which you mentioned clearly she she in, in anybody reading about her. She at first tried to fend off this entity. She didn't want to submit. Then eventually she did. And she completely allowed it to come into her to where um, there was a fusing. There was a fusing of the spirit. They called it fusing to where she was completely taken over. She would sit six, seven hours at a time where the entity, whether she called it the Tibetan, you're right, ascended master, a cosmic route or whatever, dictating. This is exactly what we read about in 1 Timothy 4.1, when the Holy Spirit clearly definitively says that in the end of the time, there's going to be planos, seducing spirits. Not only are they coming to deceive the, the many, but they will use people and they will influence people and become vessels, channels to write doctrines. It's didache demonoi. It's doctrines, writings, teachings. So in, in the externalization of the hierarchy, um, it's a very tough book to read in this sense. It is highly charged. It is spiritually charged. Um, like I, I, the word of God to me is just alive. It's the spirit of God. God is in it. Every word, every verse. And, and in contrast to that and counterfeit to that, like everything Satan does is, you know, inspired, charged writings. And that writing, the externalization of the hierarchy, hierarchy declared from the, you know, mid, uh, what was it? Mid, you know, late 1930s yeah. declared the entity was declaring how they would develop the new age, how they would try to seduce the church how they would try to um, go global and, and build seed groups and, and, and open the doors and the old ones would come in. And then their goal, of course, is a super teacher, you know, the Antichrist. Uh, so this whole book is really kind of a pouring out of their actual agenda. And they also mention, as you were saying, about they, it is declared in that book that they're going to inspire the science, right? The, the, the technological, the inventors, the, they're, going to, they're going to go to the people of, uh, uh, of uh, mind sciences and, and, and so forth, and they're going to get them to help break the veil, to, to bring it down, to open the two sides, almost a prediction of the, uh, of the abyss being opened. So this is a huge... Um, this is how real they are in their writings and their development. And I, I'm, I'm just, many believers in Nazi Germany did not see the dark side developing the political ideology. It was spiritual revelation. It was the demonic side giving Dadake writings politically, the Nazi whole, and look at the destruction. So that little, which was really huge um, occurrence there in the region, um, is is um, a little look at what's happening now. Charged political writings, charged military vision, charged, that is, demonically inspired, guided weapons development individuals for Armageddon. Armageddon's already being planned by that side. It's their event. God's going to be there, that's for sure, Revelation 19. But we got to remember the event of Armageddon, it's their design. 
the global, the new world order, it's their design. The crashing down and subjugation of all other nations, it's their design. And scripture shows they're going to get there because they're interfacing with billions and they're building the underground, which I already believe is built. The, you know, you call it shadow government, whatever, the Illuminati, they're there. Uh, they're ready. They're ready to go. The Antichrist is there. They're ready to go. But you and I and all the rest, we're going we're gonna to see, we've just begun to see. I mean, we're going to see open rituals. We're going to see open uh, you know, doors being opened. We're going to see it on all the levels. Everything will increase. That's exactly what the, the Word of God warns and says and screams out to us. But it's also exactly what the underground's doing, what, what what's happening on the, on the ground. And so you got eight-year-olds that are possessed. Yeah. you got thousands that are. you got many that are empty, like in, again, Iceland and so forth, empty because dead religion didn't do anything for them, so they're open to anything else. They want to find something. They're tired of their empty, atheistic, boring, uh, empty— I mean, they're, they're going to seek something. The problem is the dark side is they're literally seeking their agenda. This is, again, no one's heard a sermon on this probably, but the, the dark side agenda is to assimilate 7 billion people. That's Revelation 12. And uh, yet we don't we don't have that in our in our missions board meetings and how we <laughs> equate our ministry and what we're doing and how we evaluate you know reaching tens of thousands we don't we're not evaluating that we don't have any kind of spiritual discernment to, to for threat analysis and and how to really analyze and and then and then do ministry in the context. Yeah, well, nobody wants to talk about demons in church, Russ, because demons are a messy business, and you know, sadly, the church has grown bored. They've grown bored because they're not seeing the power in the church. Because look at the state of the church. Forget Elvis leaving. The Holy Spirit has left the building. And people that are seeing no power in their own church, well, then they're getting drawn to where they are seeing some kind of power. And of course, that's where the supernatural comes in. So they get attracted to that. And if a witch coven was going to recruit you tomorrow and bring you in, boy, they would be showing you your dominion, your power the first day. But I'll tell you what, you go into a church, they're not teaching you your power and authority and your dominion. We have power and authority over all the power of the enemy. And yet you're not going to hear that in your Sunday fun day preaching from the Reader's Digest sermons. No, no, and that's that's part of the issue. Again, if you dumb down the teaching, if you want to say, "Well, I want to, I want to protect our people from knowing about this stuff," that's that's insane. That's a, that's an that's an that's an admission of dereliction of duty to where you're not going to preach on the word of God because oh, I don't want to touch on spiritual warfare like one pastor said because it you know it brings a battle and no to not teach on it. Um, just solidifies or or literally um, binds people to weakness. They live in in weak in their understanding, weak in their perception of what's going on. Fearful believers are powerless believers. So when you every ounce of, and I've been teaching spiritual warfare for forty years, I've been I've, I've been putting out hundred you know hundreds of hours of training free to go everywhere. And here's what I'm saying: in all of the spiritual warfare teaching from beginning to end in the in in, in the Bible. It empowers the believer. It emboldens the believer. It gives vi- everything gives victory to the believer. It draws us closer to the Lord. It shows us His presence and power. It lets believers become um, those who who will then become uh, riskers of everything and help want that. Then they want to reach thousands for Jesus and not just hopefully win somebody you know over a ten year period like one person. So this massive weakness has been embedded for. Couple of reasons. There's been some terrible theologies, you know, from the 50s on, uh, demythologizing Boltman, all these guys from Germany. There's been this Western rationalism that is kind of just uh, scraped out. Like Christianity is like a catalog. You just kind of open the Bible and and it just you just read words and there's no supernaturalism. And that's totally um, that's totally a farce. You can't read the scriptures without the word of God having power and life engaging you and the presence of God speaking to you. You can't get saved without dunamis power. You can't be a good believer, a strong believer, the way we were designed to be without being clothed with power from on high. And we're in the middle, you know, Jesus said, I'm going to build a church and the gates of hell will not prevail. This is the idea of an indestructible, aggressive, advancing, powerful, superior uh, people. 
And that's what he's unleashing to the world. All the way to the very end. I mean, they overcame even the dragon. Revelation 12 shows there's victory, you know, even in that last seven years. There's massive victories in the worst of the worst of the worst of times. So, Sheila, just to see this, and, and you know, I've, I've been at conferences that you've been at, and, and I've been, I, I've done, I think I've spoken at in, in, in about nine years, about 74 conferences. Wow. And I, in the beginning, I noticed nobody giving in invitations, nobody, you know, they're pr- doing presentations. I'm not used to that. I'm used to doing this, you know, preaching a presentation and then giving invitations. So I, the first one I did, I gave an invitation. People got saved. We baptized people at that conference. People lined up for prayer. It's some of the conferences like you saw in Montana. That's happened in Colorado. That's happened in other places in Branson. That's happened in other places where we've been to say, here we are, we're, we're willing to pray. I've spent more time praying for individuals, 10 times more time praying for individuals than I did speaking yeah. because of the need. And we saw that in Dallas because of the need, a massive lineup. Absolutely. In fact, come to think of it, you and I are the only ones that do deliverance and healing and prayer at these conference in an altar call style. What's wrong with that picture? Well, here it is. Here's, here's what you know outrages me about it. Here's God who wills the salvation of humanity, not willing anybody to perish. Here's Jesus, the healer. Here's Jesus, the deliverer. Here's charismatic giftings to be used for the common good. All of this grace is just piled up, being ready to be used uh, by you know, and, and and just come through the body and minister to people. So, in an invitation, it could be salvation, it could be rededication, it could be conviction, you know, it can be strongholds, it can be deliverance, it can be healing, it can be giving a word to somebody. It can be so many, so much grace could be unleashed um, in an invitation. So many incredible things that God wants to do. Um, I have no problem exposing the dark side, announcing what they're doing, screaming it to believers so that they're, and again, I've seen them shocked and stunned, but for this reason, get up and get outraged and then go get everything God has Bring it on the field. Bring everything. That's what my prayer is now. God, give us everything in light of the present darkness, in light of the seduction, in light of all of this. Give us every everything possible uh, is absolutely needed. And um, and I, and I just happen to believe that He'll do that. I believe you know Mark's Gospel six twenty you know sixteen twenty uh, when the disciples went out everywhere to evangelize, Jesus was there working with them. You know how many times I've experienced that on the field for 40 years? Jesus being with me on the streets in front of a outlaw's biker bar or in front of Andre's, the gay bar, you know, sharing Jesus or on the university campus or, you know, in in France or Germany or, you know, it, it didn't make any difference where he is there to engage humanity. Everything he says is true. Everything must be gripped, believed. Uh, that's where the experience of power and his presence. And and Sheila, I don't even know if Christians are weeping for the lost anymore yeah. or have passion any longer for what is real and what is needed. If all we are is scared and weak, again, how, uh, you know, Sardis and Laodicea, how, it, it, but I'm not hopeless. Because even with Sardis and Laodicea, Jesus gave an answer to come out of it. And I still believe in revivals. I'm not one that believes, because I believe we're near. I believe, I believe the Antichrist, I believe the it can all happen in the next few years. But I also believe that such power from God, the two witnesses are coming. Uh, what may be possibly the greatest harvest of people coming to Jesus ever in history. I happen to believe that concerning the end of days also. Well, and it says in Acts 2.17, it shall come to pass in the last days. What are we going to see? God's going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. You know, as all this darkness ramps up, it's actually exciting, Russ, because we know what's happening. When God says he's going to pour out his spirit, well, that's something to pay attention to. So the more demonic headlines, the more annexation of evil, it's also very reassuring as Christians to know God's doing something too. And for such a time as this, we are in the most exciting time in history. And I really believe we are the generation that's going to see the return of Jesus Christ. We are deep, deep, deep in the end of the end days. 
I, you know, again, I'm, I'm doing this massive study in the book of Revelation, and I love it, and it's going out to 170 nations. And yeah, you know, the book of Revelation, like, you know, like like we just did in Dallas, and I, people came up to me afterwards and said that, you know, because what I did there um, was a, was a, a, a I kind of did a little synopsis of what I was doing on the radio uh, is Revelation. They said, it seems so clear. It seems so understandable. I said, well, you know what? That book was meant to be. Um, but you got to take time. First uh, Peter chapter one verse ten eleven tells how the prophets did it. They did with the intense care. They were studying. They were looking over every verse. They did it with an intensity guided by the Spirit of Christ. So that's what I love. What the old prophets did, even before Jesus came in the flesh, and that declares his eternal, you know, nature. They were be- being guided by the Spirit of Christ, and you know, Isaiah was, and Ezekiel, and and others, and and their and Daniel. They're being guided by the same Spirit that we are being guided by in the study of prophecy, which I believe is massive empowerment and clarity. As a matter of fact, in Second Peter, we're, we're told, um, we're told in the context of First Peter's prophecy, Second Peter's prophecies, that prophecy itself is a light shining in a dark place. And I believe, based on that prophecy and based on the, you know, what's what's here now, Antichrist has been born. He is alive. He is operative. But the the apocalypse, the unveiling, uh, has not occurred yet, of course. And the false prophet, then that means he has to be alive underground, as Revelation 13 shows in the near future, he will ascend from under the ground. In, in my view, the entire New World Order system with its leaders, it's here. It's there. It's embedded multi-continental, multinational. It's ready. Revelation 13, when the apocalypse, the unveiling, and the rise, the anabano, the rise of the new order occurs, it doesn't occur out of a vacuum. He's not 12 years old. He's going to come at his proper time. And and so, yes, there's restraint. The whole thing is, the restrainer is specifically, 2 Thessalonians 2, restraining the Antichrist's apocalypse. Right. Specifically. And um, because he that he that's the key to the whole. Um, you can't have the rise of a new order without him. You can't have the rise of the false prophet who will bring the most supernatural events in human history on a global scale. He's in charge of the mark. He's in charge of the image. He's in charge of um, of all of this um, when it comes down to you know what's. So I just see that event probably like you a, a few years off. Uh, I don't know if it's five years away, four years away, nine years away. Um, it's in our lifetime, in in my estimation, in my strong opinion, based on biblical prophecy. And and it's not like back in the 70s, you know, when I got saved, and I'm reading, you know, Hal Lindsey, Late Great Planet Earth, and I'm going outside looking in the sky. <laughs> is, there, is the rapture here, you know? Well, I, I like the word harpezo. That's the biblical Greek word, the catching up. I like that word better anyway. But there are events that have to occur prior to of that, like in Second Thessalonians two, the parousia and our being gathered together. That day will not occur in emphatic in the Greek until what the apostasia and the apocalypse anthroposonomos, the unveiling of the Antichrist. So there's a lot of things, um, dark, volatile. Uh, we read the time of sorrows, and, and Jesus mentioned it in, in in Matthew 24. It's the biblical word odin, meaning the time of there. There is a it's it's so uh, tumultuous, but it, it involves striking the minds and the hearts and the emotions. Uh, sad. So we're in this time right now. Well, and that man of lawlessness that you're talking about there in Second Thessalonians 2, it's interesting, though, that over and over we hear, don't let anyone deceive you, because we're that lawlessness is being revealed, the man doomed to destruction. I mean, he's going to oppose and, and really exalt himself over everything that is called God or worship. That means setting yourself up to be God. So that's really close, isn't it? I, I really believe that. I, I, I There's no question. I mean, that same principle. In the entire New Age, you have this whole principle of, hey, you can become gods. You can, an, you know, a, a homo homo deity, homo lumos, homo nautica among the among the remote viewers. So this same principle is is operative in the teaching. You see Satan's core um, deceiving doctrine. It's even in the transhumanist. Um, and everybody thinks that transhumanists are the most elite geneticists, scientists, and inventors of the world, um, and that they're, they're these great scientists devoid of spirituality. Well, that's not true. 
I was in Lincoln um, Plaza when in, in New York when they all met there with with uh, Kurtzweil and all the rest of them for the big 2045 meeting. I watched the world's top scientists, transhumanists, geneticists speak side by side with gurus and Russian cosmists who on big screen declared that the ancient gods showing pictures like like just like Revel or Ephesians 6 would show the cosmocrat or the archon, the exousia, the principalities and powers, showed them like up in the skies. And that's where the Bible puts them, in the huronos, in the heavenlies. So they're there. That's where our, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against them. Well, they're promoting them on stage side by side with world scientists. And here's what the Russian cosmos said dressed in his robes and so forth. So here's what he says. He says, the ancient gods are guiding the scientists so that they can help bring about immortality because the ancient gods want a return of the godmen. Right on the stage of the transhumanists. Wow. The, trans, the transhumanists, you can think of it as an intellectual, a scientific you know, endeavor. No. It is a spiritually driven, just like the demon, right, guiding Alice Bailey in the externalization of the hierarchy, just like he said they would guide scientists. They're doing what they said, and Scripture has already way advanced telling us this is, this, this is what they're going to be doing. And it's here. It's right in front of us. Well, it goes back to that Fourth Reich technology, the eugenics. You know, you talk about this a lot in your book, the Nazi eugenics program. Again, Lebensborn and, you know, this Ubermann. Hitler talked about Ubermann, well, which ironically goes back to that comic theme again. Superman was kind of created out of all that, too. So, you know, it's amazing. You, have, you see Satanism, occultism, the eugenics, the Thule. Hitler was into the occult, the same cast of characters that are always into this deep occult. It's really interesting how, you know, even when you look at Mangela, the doctor of death, Boys from Brazil, that terrifying movie, you know, mm -hmm. could they be taking... Um, I mean, because Walt Disney was a friend of Hitler, and ironically, oh, there you go again, Walt Disney bought out Marvel. Just <laughs> I see all these connections. But when you study Hitler and the Nazi cloning program, it was thought that Hitler was cloning himself, and Lebensborn, and you look at the eugenics and the creation of these supermen, ubermen, super soldiers, the transhumanism, the science, the bioengineering, all of this breeding is really about unleashing this satanic super soldier. That's the end game here. Well, it's very interesting you bring that up. I will um, most likely this week be up in the area. You know, 25 years ago, we worked for years with a Fort Bragg monarch psi warrior, who um, that's the first one that brought to me the, the information about their concept of black awakening, the red horse issue, the, the collapse before the new order. We discussed many things over years, many times meeting in, you know, they wanted us to meet in certain places. And, and uh, I remember discussing the Antichrist in which, and here's what's important. Again, again, the most about it, most of the world doesn't know about this, but Jesus taught about it when he came to the tares and the wheat. Uh, it's prophesied in scripture concerning the, where, where does the Antichrist get his armies? It'll be the largest military uh, by the numbers. I mean, military soldiers in human history collectively. So we're talking about tens of millions and millions and millions that'll be literally soldiers on a global scale. Now, where are they going to come from? You mentioned uh, the Nazi issue. Spiritually, you know, the demonic uh, realm was driving them. There's no question. Vadelsberg, I've been there, the, the Hall of the Dead, where they sat and meditated and did rituals and waited for the entities to tell them. The conception of a master race occurred demonic to human interface. That occurred in uh, with Hitler and with Himmler and others, Dietrich Eckhart and uh, and Villigott and the rest of the sorcerers and so forth. So here's this dream in in the 30s, uh, late 30s, uh, well 30s of a master race. Now everybody knows this is true in history. Any any Hitler movies on television, YouTube will show this, but they don't know the depth of it. It comes from the dark side, and here's what it means. It was content coming from Blavatsky. It was content coming from the other side that said, hey, we want a return of the godmen, the Nephilim, because in the coming end of the history, Satan needs on the ground tens of millions of super soldiers. So you have Hitler attempting this. Here's what they believed. Himmler himself said, give me two 
hundred million of these soldiers and we will rule the world for a thousand years. They, there's no question they believe they can do that. So they started in the early 30s. They started in the 30s. They started the Lebensborn. They started this spiritual breeding project. And here's here's what nobody understands. They think it's all over because the war is over. The Nazi rat lines, as you know very well, and you've studied this very well, you know, everywhere they've gone in the world, just, just trace where they've gone in the world. Guess what happens 20 years later? The rise of the victims of satanic ritual abuse in every one of those areas, including the Catholic religious system. So modern-day satanic ritual abuse is nothing more and nothing less than the continuation of the master race agenda. Their goal of um, creating superior beings with with the idea, and you've heard me talk about it, the backbreeding them to the Nephilim. Yeah. That was their goal. Uh, genetically splicing. I, I mean, I, we can go to rituals. We can go to all kinds of... Their goal, create an ultra, kind of a hybrid human, highly charged, highly demonized, highly trained militaristically, highly trained as a fighter, highly trained with powers, faster, stronger than, 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 than you and I as mere humans. Well, in our tracking in 38 years of it on the field, um, I'll tell you what, what, where I'm at with this now. In the United States, most of them are still sleepers intact. They're in every city, in every single suburb, in every single township in the United States by design. They're in Canada, Australia, New Zealand, England, Austra- you know, um, Scotland, uh, Wales, Ireland, uh, Italy, Germany. They're in Russia. They have been, over the last 60 years, this development, there's four generations of them. The estimations, they go from 72 all the way down to just five and six and seven-year-olds. We've got eight-year-olds that have sub-personalities, again, a, a design of the dark side's technology to incapacitate human will, to control programming, demonization, and concepts of um, rituals done at the moment of conception to alter the DNA because their goal, whether we like it or not, their goal is to create Nephilim. For what reason? And why so many? Who's going to bring the chaos? Who's going to slaughter tens of millions in the chaos? Who's going to be used? In Revelation 19.19, it says the the Therion, the Antichrist, and the kings and their armies, plural, will arrive in the Middle East. I would say by the tens of millions upon millions of them. Right now, the estimation for us, four generations of these master race individuals, 100 million on a global scale, Sheila, right now. Wow. Well, and you know, it's like a Nazi New World Order on steroids. And so you've got a global regime with massive chaos, mass anarchy, enter in, you know, crash of power grids, collapse of the system. And then you've got this unleashing when the dust clears, everything's collapsed. You freely implement this Luciferian globalist, it's the super weaponization of demonic powers. I mean, forget your planetary defense weapons. And I wonder if people actually know that guys like old Templist set there, Michael Aquino, he was actually a head high ranking member of Aunt LaVey's Church of Satan, but he was also head of the military psyops. So this is really militarization and weaponization of demonic powers, isn't it? Well, it is. And you're mentioning Michael Aquino. Um, yeah, I mean, it's amazing that he is the d- once director of U.S. intelligence. Yes. That high up. And yet he is, um, he's the one that on television, in, a, in, in he also debated Tom Wedge, a friend of ours, a law enforcement agent who wrote a book called The Satan Hunter uh, for law enforcement. In, in satanic crimes. So there's a debate a couple of times on television and he, and of course, Kino comes with his curled up eyebrows and, um, and, but he's, but again, Aquino is very, very massively sophisticated. He's like the Chaldeans of the book of da- Daniel. He's like yeah. the sorcerers. He is a extraordinarily powerful, sophisticated, uh, knowledgeable magus, if you want to call him that, uh, in the dark side. He also declared that they have a satanic grotto on every single U.S. military base worldwide. Here's what U.S. military, and we need to understand. Satan's always, always about infiltration, subterfuge, um, getting in there, um, laying groundwork. And so Operation Paperclip brought that. Uh, Black Trojan horse of all the occultism mixed with the sciences, United States, Russia, Brits, Canadians, all took it in. And like G.H. Estabrook said in the creation of these super soldiers, they learned in the 40s 
Sheila, in the 40s, they learned how to split human uh, soldiers' personalities, create programmed assassins, disinformation sowers, spies, infiltrators, and G.H. books hired by U.S. military in 1947. In his book that is, you can still get it, he declared that we must put, in his words, we must put these super soldiers in every department of U.S. military as a fifth column for the future, for future use. So he played into the, the satanic agenda to build secretively, to build with satanic stealth, to build behind the scenes, um, and, and let this thing grow and grow and grow, just like Jesus taught about the tares. The evil one comes during the night in the darkness, and he's going to do, he's going to be operative in sowing and building the tares that will be, in many cases, by design again, placed right in there, you know, in churches and ministries, to, to put them right in there among it all. Um, that's what that, that revelation of that parable is all about. Uh, they're among us, and they're going to be there, but nothing in biblical prophecy ever occurs without the development of it. There's no John the Baptist, you know, there's prophecies of John the Baptist, but he had to be born. There had to be an Elizabeth. So what I'm saying is there's a there's the actual boots on the ground happenings. John the Baptist did come. Jesus did come. Judas was there. He did betray Jesus with you know 30 pieces of silver, just like prophecy um, unveiled. So prophecy unveils the largest militaristic, occult-oriented, demonized, mark-taking, image-of-the-beast-worshipping uh, militaristic system on a global scale. It's already in process. It's already in the rise. These underground satanic super soldiers, they will be the ones, I believe, with every ounce of my being, they'll be the ones used in the red horse prophecy, in the svadzo, the slaughtering, the butchering of millions of others to create a collapse. They've got to collapse it before the new order rises. Yikes. The red horse of the apocalypse, indeed. Well, in this rise of the satanic super soldier there's really only one answer to all this brewing chaos, and that is Jesus Christ. And that's why I think it's so important that Christians learn advanced spiritual warfare, really how to exercise their power and authority in Jesus Christ. Because I'll tell you what, you think incubus and succubus are slapping you around at night. You ain't seen nothing yet. Because what's coming, if you're not doing spiritual warfare now, what are you going to do when you have these weaponized demonic super soldiers and the cotton candy church is not helping people get prepared for that russ final thoughts in the waning moments well there's very good news and just just, just to mention one last thing on spiritual warfare we you know there's a lot of teaching out there and i'm going to tell you again what's new what's going to be hitting churches and people power encounters, like in the book of Acts, uh, this Jewish sorcerer. So it's it's authority to cast out demons, do the rest, but we're going to be encountered by individuals coming to challenge the powers of the church and believers and trying to unleash. So we had to learn about power encounters like that. Well, I'm going to say this, there's no question, even in the days of Jesus, um, in the entire book of Acts, 30 years of history, all these individuals that were into the blood cults, Bacchus, and they were in every kind of demon worship. We see every time the believers were on the field doing the mission, doing evangelism in the power of the Spirit of God. They engage demons everywhere. They engage in power encounters. And guess what occurred? The believers continued to stand victorious. God, in every single case, gave victory. Was there opposition? Yes. So I'm going to say right now, the centrality is this Savior whom the dark side fears. The blood of the Lamb is vital in understanding of this, you know, what occurred at the cross. What occurred there brings the, you know, victory. I mean, it's just like historic past, present, future. And we have we have this Savior who loves us, who who lives in us, who cares for us. If you're if you're saved, you know him. The Spirit of God is in you. And everything he has given us to learn, to know must be acquired, must be appropriated, and must be put into action. And that's what brings the depth of uh, God at work in us, and uh, it brings uh, glory to Jesus, and it brings a destruction to the dark side. 1 John 3, 8, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's works. And so believers are here to extend that, to continue to do that. We're here to lead people out of darkness to the light in Christ. We're here to pray against the stuff that's in them and on them. And, and we have an answer. 
We have a we have biblical insight. We have God given insight that can speak to the world as a light shining in a dark place. We have indestructible hope to give to the world in Jesus. We have an answer concerning the end of the age. We have we have preemptive protection in the Word of God and 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 embedding this in the believers uh, as they're growing. We have uh, together uh, a need to call ten million believers to become powerful, like like Philip in the book of Acts chapter eight, and that's the potential. That's the power. That's the ability that we could become. Look at Philip. You'll see what's needed right now, where there's massive possession, where cities are taken over, where darkness is. Look what Philip, one individual, young believer did in one city. That's what you and I and every believer can become, and we need to, starting today. Amen. Very well said. You heard it here, folks. Start today. And it starts with knowing Jesus Christ as your Savior. If you're listening and you don't get a hold of me, go to weekendvigilante.com. Get in touch with me. I will help lead you in that process. Russ, it's always an incredible pleasure. I want to encourage people to check out Russ's information at shatterthedarkness.net. Excellent resources. You will not find the kind of resources on this website. Check out his calendar, where he's going to be. Get out and see Russ soon in a city near you. Russ, it's always a pleasure to have you on the program. Come back and see us soon. Sheila, thanks so much. Blessings to you. Appreciate it. Goodbye. Thanks, Russ. Folks, that was Russ Dizdar, the author of Black Awakening, The Rise of the Satanic Super Soldier. Incredible book. You've got to get this book. Amazing book. Amazing guy. Folks, tomorrow on the program, Jerry McGee, first time. And today, I leave you with a song that sadly is not going to be my intro It exceeds the two-minute intro, and I don't want to chop it up. A young Christian rapper out of Kentucky, Johnny B. Music. I'll leave you with today's song, Uncensored. Be watching for the full version on my website. There will be a link in the next few days. We'll see you tomorrow. Good night, and God bless. Yeah, you know I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I fear no evil. You are with me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper, and every tongue that rises against me shall be condemned. Yeah. Preach. This is a movement. Time to get in tune with the truth of it. Who knew that it would get so crazy? Aborted like 50 million babies in them planes flying over, dropping kill shells on us daily. And um, AIDS ain't the only plague that they created. They got plenty in them laboratories waiting for the day that they can release them upon the nation. Extermination, Agenda 21. Look it up, United Nations. They're still trying for the global domination and the process in them third world forcing vaccination. In our country, try martial law and gun evacuation. But to me, it seems they're gonna be a problem here waiting. Cause them good old boys are probably gonna tell them, try and take them. Then it's gonna start a second civil war up in this nation. The bloodshed we're gonna see will be devastating. So you better start praying. We in the book of Revelation. Yeah. Lord, I pray to many of my people. Straight away, and they don't hear the truth. So, what do we say? They better wake up before it's too late. We cannot accept your lies, we are here to free our minds. God has opened our eyes because we're living in the end of time. The devil's been released in the streets, the beast is rising, their eyes closed. Remind them this is real warfare, we're fighting, ready to. Die for Christ, will I be beheaded by ISIS? I will not deny that this is a crisis. The ones that orchestrated 9-11's behind this. The truth will open your mind just like a light switch. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, I'll never deny him. The signs of the times is on the horizon. Look at all the racial rides, our house is divided. My nation is the states that say they're united. But instead of serving God, we serve American idols. And we better cry to God, cause he's the only survivor. When they Force martial law, then burn all the Bibles, but they'll never kill my soul, cause the world is inside us. Give us life for the day and light a fire behind us.
preach. The government is crooked. The media is lying. CIA created Facebook helping NSA spine. Apple is a part of the all-seeing eye. Why you think there's so many satellites rotating around the skies? It's no surprise that we're blinded in our minds. We're searching for the truth, and we just can't seem to find it. Certainly there's a satanic agenda behind this. Calling soldiers of the Lord, why is the church so spineless? The human race so mindless Can't thank for ourselves Cause we're controlled by science For psychological warfare So I defy it And I'm labeled an enemy of the state By these tyrants I never take your chip It's just a mind switch I never sell my soul Jesus Christ is savior of my life I've been called to the light I will die for the truth While exposing your lies Yeah, yeah Lord I pray So many of my people Pass straight away And they don't hear the truth, so what do we say? They better wake up before it's too late. We do not accept your lies. We are here to free our minds. God has opened our eyes because we're living in the end of time. My people perish, and he causes all, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in the right hand or the forehead.